And Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, because you are indeed alive. We thank you that death is no more, but you have defeated the power of death. And that, Father God, one day we shall all be there reigning with you, because you are the Lord, you are God, you are King of kings, you're Lord of lords. You are risen from the dead, and this morning we come before you with such grateful hearts. God, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again. Thank you that in you we have hope. We have a bright and certain future because you are indeed alive. And this morning as we worship you, wherever we are, God, we pray that you would come and inhabit our praises, lift our hearts, lift our eyes to see the risen Christ that we might meet with you today and know with a sure and certain hope that you are indeed alive. We praise you and we worship you. Amen. The greatest day in history. What a happy day. So hard not to sing it in the building, isn't it? It's so good to at least use our hands and our bodies to praise. We're going to continue in our praise as we worship through 10,000 reasons. And as we sing this, raise up your reasons to thank God. We have so many, don't we? And today, he truly is alive. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The great 10,000 reasons to say thank you. Hello, everybody. Sorry about that little technical glitch. I couldn't get the power button on the microphone. Um, It is so great that we can be together to celebrate the wonderful resurrection of our Lord Jesus. What an incredible gift so that we can have life to its fullest. And And to illustrate that point, I have a book here that is going to tell us all about the Easter story. So if you're a little person or if you've got little people at home, this is a book for you. There's going to be some beautiful pictures that are going to show you each page in this story about Easter. The book is called The Garden, The Curtain and The Cross. In the beginning, God made people He made a wonderful garden for them. God lived there with them. But then, the people decided not to do what God has said. This is sin. The people couldn't live with God anymore. God put angels in front of the garden. They were like a big keep out sign. God came to live among people in a special building. But God put a big curtain around where he lived. It was a big keep out sign. One day, God the Son came to live in the world as a person. He was called Jesus. 
Jesus loved his father God. Jesus always did what his father said. But Jesus died on a cross and it was very sad. But when he died, he took all our sin from us and then something amazing happened. The temple curtain tore. God had ripped up the keep out sign. Jesus came back to life and he lives in heaven forever. And because Jesus died, we can be friends with God. We can live with God forever in his wonderful place. Jesus says, God says it is wonderful to live with him. But because of your sin, you can't come in. But I died on the cross to take your sin. So all my friends can now come in. Let's say, thank you, King Jesus. You are amazing. What a beautiful story. Something regardless of how old we are, whether we're young, old, in between, reminds us of the amazing sacrifice that Jesus made so that we have a way into heaven, so that we have a relationship with him, and so that we have the gift of eternal life forever with him. Now, some of you might have picked up a craft bag on your way in. If you didn't, you can absolutely pick, collect one. In the craft bag, there is some bunting. And in each bag, there is a different piece of bunting that is going to spell out a message. So whether or not you are a little person, or if maybe if you're somebody that's a little young at heart that likes a bit of coloring, We'd love for you to do the bunting. And at the end of the service, we're going to pull everybody's bunting together and we're going to read out what the message says. We're now going to sing a very joyful song. If you're at home, feel free to turn up your telly and bounce around in your living room, wherever you are. Um, those of you that are here in church, we are going to stand and we are going to enjoy the song. Morning. That's better. Happy Easter, everybody. You should have all received your notice sheet by now. Um, please do join us online at 6 o'clock this evening for our evening service. If you would like to be here Wednesday lunchtime, we have a lunchtime service at 12.45. Please do book a slot. Um, it would be great to have you here. And if you would like to be here next Sunday morning, um, please do again book, book um, via the booking system, via email or telephone, at, and it's at 10.30 next Sunday. It will be great to see you here. We've got our normal activities, we have got our prayer meeting this Tuesday, and we've got the next section of the wellbeing course via Zoom. Um, if you haven't joined it yet, please do come along. It's great to um, learn together online and in small groups. It's great to do that. There's lots of different activities happening at the moment for um, 
the youth and children's work. And we're now going to watch a video about um, some activities that are happening just this week um, to celebrate Easter with Hannah. Thank you. What is Easter really about? Why is Jesus so special? When Jesus came into our world, no one had ever seen anything like him. He taught about God and how we can be part of his kingdom. He healed the sick, walked on water, and even raised the dead. Some people worship Jesus as God's King. Others hated him and his teaching and plotted to kill him. But three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and now lives forever. Good morning, church. Today I'm going to be reading from Luke 24, verse 1 to 12, NIV. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They had found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their feet, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look not why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they, all, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Madeline, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who had, the, who had told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like, to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the stripes of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. It's clearly one of them mornings. Good morning. I'm going to wave Happy Easter, everybody, whether you're home or here, upstairs or downstairs. It's lovely to see each and every one of you. Caleb, thank you so much for doing the reading. It was lovely to have you with us this morning. And I know for some of you, Easter Sunday is a really special morning, isn't it? And uh, Mel grabbed me as I, uh, she came in this morning to say she just wanted to express thanks and excitement for the way that God's been working with uh, her and her family over the last number of weeks. She's delighted to be able to say, James, it's your 18th birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday for tomorrow. And it's great to know that you've heard from your preferred university. That is great news. 
It's great that God has been with you, with the family, and particularly in the way that with Mel's father being so poorly, that God has really been walking with the family at this time. So, Mel, I hope I captured everything you wanted to say this morning. And uh, yeah, let's give James a clap for his birthday tomorrow. So we've had that Easter reading, that reading that would have been so familiar to so many of us, particularly if we've been coming to church for a number of years. And I'm sure that many of us have pictured that scene again and again and again. When we read of the women going off to the tomb in the morning, perhaps Like many of us, we deal with the things that are overwhelming by being busy. And maybe that was true for the women. They were dealing with their distress and their grief by being busy, by going to the tomb, by going to anoint Jesus' body. And we read that we hear that, of course, there were the men in the upper room. They were there, and I'm sure that they were probably having the same conversation that they'd been having since Friday. Why? Why did it happen? This wasn't what we were expecting when we'd been following Jesus for so long. How can Jesus have been welcomed into Jerusalem just a few days ago and now he's been crucified? Why? Why, when Jesus caused chaos in the temple, did he not just go on and overthrow the Romans? That's what we were expecting he would do. How could he be a king and yet talk about leaving them? And now he was buried. He'd been crucified. What do we do now? What does it all mean? Why? 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 And I'm sure that there were the same questions that had been asked countlessly in those intervening hours since Jesus' crucifixion, but there was still only one answer as far as they were concerned. Jesus was dead. Jesus' body was in the tomb. The tomb... For them, they saw it as a place where Jesus' body was. But of course, we've had the reading this morning, and we know that the women had gone there. But the disciples at that moment in time didn't know that. If you were with us on Thursday evening via the uh, online service, you perhaps will have remembered how Peter, through the reflections that we were using, was kind of describing how he may have felt. If we were Peter, how we would imagine he may have felt as he heard that crow ring out just before dawn, just after he denied Jesus those three times, just as Jesus looked across and into his eyes. That moment when he realized that Jesus had told him that he would deny him, and that is exactly what he'd done. We don't know, do we, what Peter did in those hours between that denial and now here where he is in that upper room. But I'm sure 
he relived those moments of denial again and again and again. That feeling of failing his best and closest friend. That feeling of betraying his master and the Messiah. All those ways that Peter described and viewed Jesus. And when we make mistakes, what do we do? So often we're cross with ourselves. So often we beat ourselves up. So often we are negative. We are our own worst critics so often. And perhaps because we have a tendency to dwell on the negative, to dwell on the things we've done wrong, it brings us down. And although people may tell us things that are positive, may tell us things that we do well, may want to encourage us and lift our spirits, that kind of part of us inside us thinks, well, we don't want to come proud or self-seated, and so we squash it down again, and we don't allow that goodness to fill us and overflow within us. And I wonder for Peter, in those intervening hours between that denial and listening to the women, as we've heard in that story, how Peter had felt. When we're struggling sometimes, when we're full of grief or pain, what do we do? We run away and we hide. For Peter, he let Jesus down. Our title today for today's sermon is, Have You Got Stuck in the Tomb? And I don't mean literally, but I mean sometimes we allow our life circumstances to hold us in a place. Perhaps it's our failures or our mistakes or the anger about a situation or our distress or our whatever it may be. Maybe our fears can paralyze us or we feel lost because of what's happened or that anger consumes us or we're unable to see the way forward and somehow we get stuck because we can't see how things can change. The pain is too big. The anger is too great. The hurt is too painful. The fear is too real. And then the women came back. And Peter would have been one of those who'd heard from the women to say that the tomb was empty. And what do we hear? We read in verse 11, the disciples did not believe the women because their words to them seemed like nonsense. Have you ever been in one of those situations where people tell you it will get better? It's not always going to be like this. feels a bit like that with lockdown, doesn't it? It will go back. It will improve. Things will change. Things will get better. And actually, if you're in that situation where that's what people are telling you, you're not ready to hear that at that moment in time so often. Somehow, the situation we are in seems to be too overwhelming. For the women, it says in verse 3, when they entered the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And we know that they didn't find him because we know that the tomb was empty because he had risen again. But they didn't realize that at the time. It wasn't what they were expecting. And so we know that the angels had to tell them that Jesus had risen. The tomb was indeed empty. It was empty because Jesus had risen. 
Have you got stuck in the tomb? Don't get stuck in the tomb because you can't see a way out because Jesus can set us free, can enable us to get out. The tomb was empty because Jesus was risen. He is risen. Secondly, the tomb is a place of questions on this day. We know that the question started when the women went to tell the disciples what the angels had said. And we know that the disciples didn't believe them. But we also know, if we look at some of the other gospel accounts of that particular moment when they'd gone to the tomb, that actually two of the disciples decided to go to look for themselves. In John's account, it says, John saw and believed when he saw the linen cloth lying there. What a contrast to the passage we've had today, where verse 12 tells us, bending over, Peter saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. For Peter, that empty tomb was a place of questions. Peter had left everything when he chose to follow the Messiah. Peter had left his livelihood and his family and his friends in the place where he'd grown up or was working or had lived there for such a long time. Peter was the first disciple to declare Jesus as the Messiah. And yet he was one of those closest disciples with Jesus, as we heard last Sunday evening, who in the Garden of Gethsemane fell asleep. We know that Peter was the disciple to deny Jesus. And we also know how he reacted in anger when Judas came in and betrayed him and cut off the, uh, cut off the soldier's ear because Peter was wanting to protect him. He went to that tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. He was left with questions. Again, if we look at one of the other gospel accounts, we know that Mary Magdalene wandered around the garden and she came across Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Why? Because she wasn't expecting to see him there. Even though she had heard from the angels that Jesus was alive. Don't let our fears and our emotions and our questions stop us from looking and being attentive to God at work in our lives. God promises always to be with us, no matter what we are going through and no matter what we are facing. But we need to be alert to his presence in our lives. The Bible course that we've been doing uh, just before uh, the current course that we've been running reminded us that when we cry out to God for help, he doesn't take us out of that situation always. But what he does is he parachutes in, so to speak, to be with us there in that situation. And as I've said, fright and fear and uncertainty, all those things can stop us from recognizing God is with us. We're a bit like Mary Magdalene, needing to hear the voice of Jesus. Mary, said Jesus. We can be a bit like Peter. We can see but not believe. Go away and left with questions. Are we stuck in the tomb because we've got questions or things that are holding us there? 
We're left wondering because we can't see a way forward. We've not allowed the joy, so to speak, of the resurrection to come in and remind us that God can do immeasurably more than we can imagine. But we need to allow him to come in and be with us in that situation and to recognize he is there with us. And so thirdly, the tomb is a place of hope and it's a place of future. If you've been a regular watcher or participant in the, in the services on the Sunday over Lent, you will know that we've been doing Dear God, I'm Not Okay spots each week, where we've been using that heading to express to God some of the things that we have been feeling over the last few weeks, months, and possibly longer. But the good news is we're no longer in Lent. We are in the season of Easter where we can rejoice that the tomb is empty because Jesus has risen. We don't need to be bound any longer by those fears and those worries and those emotions. We can be set free because of what Jesus has done, because he has conquered death. We have the hope and the promise of everlasting life. And in the words of that old hymn, my chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth and followed thee. Are your chains off today? Can you rise and give thanks to God? Mel's given thanks this morning. Can you rise and give thanks because God is doing things in your life? He's taking you on. He's answering you. He's with you in whatever you are facing. Because the tomb being empty means that we have hope and a future. There is nothing that God can't set us free from. There is nothing that we have done that God cannot forgive. And do you know what? Even better, God forgets those mistakes and things we've done wrong as well. We all know that saying, it's easier to forgive than to forget. Praise God, he forgets. Help us to forget too. Help us not to pick that back up or to say, yes, I forgive someone, but to hold that resentment in our hearts. Because when Peter left that empty tomb, he went away with questions. But we also know that Jesus met with him. We know that Jesus met with him and the other disciples. We know of that encounter on the beach a, a few days later where Jesus cooked breakfast for them and restored Peter once again. But if I'd used this version of the Easter story from Mark's Gospel, we are reminded this morning, and if you want to go home and read it afterwards, do do. We are reminded that God knows us individually too. Because if I'd use the Mark reading this morning, we will read that the women were sent to tell the disciples that Jesus was risen and to tell Peter too. Peter was specifically named. And that reminds us of that individual way that God knows us. He knows us individually. He knows us. He cares for us. Is an intimacy in that relationship with us. And the way that he knew Peter, he knows us too. We don't need to be held in a 
get stuck in the tomb. We can be set free. Our chains fell off. Our heart was free. We rose, we went forth, and we followed thee. That's why we're here this morning, to follow and declare Jesus Christ has indeed risen. So fourthly, and if you thought I was only doing three points this morning, you're so wrong, because I've got four. Because the tomb has set us free to worship God. And I want to say to you, don't let this Easter, even if it's not the Easter we wanted it to be, because we still can't do all the things we'd love it to be, Hold us back from being free to worship God. Don't allow ourselves to still remain where we were or where we are, but allow this morning, as we sing our next song in a moment, to set us free, to declare, Jesus Christ, you are indeed risen. We have the hope of freedom, new opportunities, the freshness today of walking again with God. And as we'll be sharing in communion, we are reminded again of that fact that because of Jesus' death on the cross, we have been set free to worship God. So let's be like the women who heard the angels say that Jesus had risen and they believed and let us believe that too. Maybe life is tough. Maybe you feel a bit like it's Easter Saturday, but you don't need to because today is Easter Sunday and there is hope and there is freedom and there is liberation and there is the promise of eternal life and the freedom to worship God in our hearts and in our lives. He has broken the chains of death. He has forgiven and he has forgotten. And as we sing our next song, where we declare that Christ the Lord has risen today, we can indeed declare, Alleluia! He has risen indeed, as we declared at the beginning of our service. And so I invite you, wherever you are, here or wherever you may be at home, let's declare today, Christ the Lord is risen today. Amen.
Amen. Please take your seats. We're going to come to a time of communion, a time to stop and to reflect on the words that Vicky has shared about how, where we are, the tomb on Easter Sunday was empty. But do we get stuck in that tomb? Throughout Easter, it's been so poignant to me this year, more than ever before in my life, that sense of hope that is found at Easter. The heartbreak of the Thursday night and the Friday leading on to that hope that is given to us on Easter Sunday. I certainly have shed many tears over this Easter period, a time to stop, a time to be so grateful that we have a hope in Christ Jesus, don't we? Death is not the end. Christ has the victory. And wherever we are this morning, as Vicky said, whatever burdens you're carrying, we can bring them this morning to this table, to a table which reminds us of the cost, the sacrifice of Christ, but also reminds us that the cross was empty, as was the tomb. And this morning, we're invited to come to this table. We're invited to take the bread, to take the wine, to remind ourselves of the sacrifice of Christ. And he invites every single one of us to come. Come to this table, this table that reminds us of his death, but also reminds us of restoration. It reminds us that the grave, the tomb, was empty. It reminds us of hope. It reminds us that God knows every single one of us completely, intimately, utterly. The tomb is here to set us free this morning so that we can worship God. And so I'm going to invite JJ to lead us in prayers of thanksgiving. Good morning, church. Good morning. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, we glorify you because you are indeed a true and good God. You are an amazing Father, an awesome friend. Father, we thank you for the work of Calvary. We thank you for the accomplished work. We thank you for your intention towards us, your plans and your purposes, O oh God. We thank you for choosing us to be part of your family. And we thank you, O oh God, that we are assured that it is well with all things, because you make all things possible. You are the way maker. And we thank you, Lord, that in this day we can give praise to you, knowing that you have brought us this far, you will take us further, by your grace. We say thank you, Father, for all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and accord, according to the purposes of God. And therefore, Lord, we thank you. We bless your holy name for all that you are doing, all that you have done, and all that you are yet to do. 
because we know that you who have begun a good work in us will take us to the very end. So thank you, Father. This day we appreciate you as it is Easter Sunday, the resurrection of life. We say in our lives, resurrect your goodness within us. And thank you, O Lord, for all that you are doing. For this, Lord, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, JJ. And so we come. We come to this table. And the words say, come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because you're strong, but because you are weak. Come, not because any goodness of your own gives you the right to come, but because you need God's help and his mercy. Come, because you love the Lord a little and want to love him more. Come to this table because he loves you and gave himself for you. Come, and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. And so Jesus, on that night that he was betrayed, on Thursday that we remembered so recently, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you do this, do it, eat it, remember my sacrifice for you. And in the same way, after the supper, Jesus took the cup And he said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink it and remind yourself that my blood makes you clean. And so we will take the bread, we'll take the wine in our own space, in our own time in this building. And as we do so, give thanks. Where are you in relation to that tomb? Has Christ set you free? Maybe this morning... Is the time for you to stop and to give your life to Jesus for the first time, to ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Or maybe we've drifted away. We've grown cold in our faith. At this communion table on Easter Sunday, let's come close to the Lord and ask him to refill us, refresh us, touch our lives afresh. Maybe you're carrying burdens, burdens of loss or pain of fear or illness, of worries. Again, this table is here. It's inviting you to come and bring all of that to our Lord who is alive today. However you are, whoever you are, this table says come. Come and know the risen Christ. So let's eat. Let's drink. Let's allow God into Christ made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth. Let us pray. The Lord May we find joy in the Lord, even in the midst of our trials. We pray that you will teach us what it means to see beyond our troubles, knowing that you are with us. Thank you for the many blessings 
you have given us, keeping us safe and having a caring family and church family around us. Let us take some time this Easter to reflect on how fortunate we really are. Thank you for those who are joining us online from various countries and our own. We pray for our country, the Queen and her government during this time. We pray the government, let them give us proper guidance that we can come out and beat this pandemic. Let us remember those who have been affected by the virus, whether they've had it and are recovering from it or have lost loved ones because of it. Lord, we see people facing challenges all around us. We ask you to intervene, to be with those in need, to prompt us to participate with you and to care for these people. We pray that we would not be anxious and that you will give us peace. Let us live differently in the midst of the trials that the world may see you in us. In particular, we'd like to pray for Lillian Wingate, Don and Daphne May, Sheila Cull. Please be with these people in their time of loneliness, worry, and need. Let them feel your comfort and love. I'd like to pray particularly for Pauline Yates, who's struggling with her health, and for Ken, who is always there by her side, helping her. We'd like to pray for Sue and Barn Sharp during this time. Walter, remember Priscilla and her family as they mourn the death of her mother and prepare for the funeral. Thank you for the NHS and those fighting to keep us safe. We'd also like to pray for those who are ill and are still struggling. Thank you for our sister church, Winter Gardens, and those who regularly worship there. Keep them strong, healthy, and let them be a shining light for you. Amen. As Hannah prepares to come up, let's just continue in our prayers and thank God for the offerings. Thank you for all of you who have given through the banks, through the card machine, through your gifts. But let's give thanks to our God. Father, thank you so much for the way that you've provided for each one of us. Thank you for our food. Thank you for our homes. Thank you for our clothes. Thank you for the many blessings that you've given upon us. And Father, as this money moves across bank accounts, so we pray that each penny would be used for your glory. Lord, we stand here on Easter Sunday so grateful for the hope that you give and that you provide. And Father God, today we just pray that this money would be used to bring that hope to many, many more people. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you. For I'm going to have two fabulous assistants that are going to come up and help me with my washing line here. Hopefully, some of you will have coloured in your bunting letters, if that's the case. Oh, thank you, Hayley. If that is the case... Um, once, once we've got our washing line up, um, ensure that you try to socially distance. If you'd like to come up with your bunting, you'll also find a little peg as well in the bag that you took your bunting out of. And we're going to piece together the message from our bunting today. So here's one end, Haley. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. 
It says, Happy Easter, He is risen. And what a wonderful way to end our Easter service together. Thank you to those of you that have come, for those of you that have enjoyed the craft bags, the message, everything. Um, I'm going to hand over to Jan and she's going to say the grace. Isn't it terrible? What has this world come to? (laughs) I did have a shower this morning. It wasn't... (laughs) I have a note for you, anybody who's in the building. First of all, as we, when we leave after, the, after we've said the grace, can you please follow the steward's guidance? There will lead you out from the back onwards. And then this, this sounds rather nice. If anybody would like one, please help yourself. Um, first come, first serve, so don't, please don't rush out to get them. They sound far healthier than anything that lives in my house. If you'd like a succulent plant... Mine are all dead and dried. If you'd like a succulent plant, there's some available. Please help yourself uh, and be blessed with that. So with the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, who's at work in you, go in peace to love and to serve 
the Lord. In the name of our risen Christ. Amen. Hallelujah.